Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Why does it take a second to turn off? I don't know, but it's three, two, one, opposite of blast. Oh, I, I, just, I just saw the light turn off. What is your eyebrows? Wait, can you raise them? Yeah, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get my filter to be a little bit darker so I don't look like a piece of paper over here. All right, JP, you're officially not allowed to complain about editing when asking Betty about filters. <laughs> guys know what i did today by the way what'd you do what did you do well it's officially president's day weekend happy president's day weekend i guess i don't really know if people celebrate it (laughs) yeah but yeah but i I, celebrate by spending my dead presidents on things i don't need which is the same as that but yeah but this is the weekend where you spend it on and benny you're experiencing this and terry this should be wake up call for you if anything you spend it on yard supplies especially okay yeah if you're working on a lawn so i i poured i i carried and poured out and raked about two-thirds of 30 cubic feet of topsoil this afternoon so my back so much is in pain that's so much it was a lot I did raking too. I have this giant sequoia tree in my front yard that we trimmed the branches up 20 feet on. And so it looks really good, but it like kind of put it into shock. So it dropped a bunch of needles and trying to get needles out of a yard is so hard. <laughs> Sounds like I just wouldn't so, even try. I just wouldn't yeah. even try. That's just yeah. not a thing See, I'm doing. I did that all day yesterday, and I, I feel it. The The back pain has set in, and it sucks. I saw Does 10 it feel feet better or worse than the time you wore a 16-pound vest for a week straight to try and be ripped <laughs> before going to Vegas? <laughs> I feel not as bad as that, but I feel not as dumb as that either. That's a callback <laughs> to one of our earliest issues. Uh, yeah. Early, early, earliest episodes. Issues. If you, if you're, <laughs> issues. We, we not have, our we earliest issue. What it was our, an issue we've, for me. We've we've had no, we've had several issues for our entire life. But one of our earliest episodes, <laughs> listener, if you're new, hi, welcome to the 130th episode of the Belligerent Beefs podcast, where we talk about Drew Eubanks getting punched, long-term approaches to lawn care, getting needles out of yards, and also Oregon State sports at some point. But thank at you for some being point. here. If you're new, and if you're not new, welcome the hell back. Yeah. Good on you for coming back, for listening to 130 episodes straight. Look at you. At Oregon State Sports at some point. I want to know, JP, what, <laughs> what did you bring 30 cubic yards of topsoil into your yard for? Oh, yeah. Kind of just to level it out? Oh, a little bit. He's, so he's we hiding had, something. No, we, yeah. I'm bar- really I, had a, I had to bury 30 cubic feet of misery. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
I I was kind of gave up on my lawn last summer when I was re- recovering from a procedure that didn't allow me much <laughs> movement, and <laughs> and then we then we renovated out our garage and they had to dig out a drain and there was just lots of soil that was like covering my my lawn and then i decided you know what let's just go all in and let the kids keep the trampling on the lawn in one spot permanently so it became a swampy mess a swampy lumpy widow maker mess if you even decided to try to walk across it and i I actually used Chat GPT. Shout out Chat GPT. So yeah. useful. Great. Such a good I a- friend. I asked it, I said, I'm in Portland, Oregon. Like, how do I fix my lawn? And it gave me like a 10 week step by step process to like revitalize my lawn. Step one, go back in time and don't have kids. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But then Dude, I would have been hot up know. and I never had a lawn. I, I don't know. I don't know how you keep because your lawn looks good, right. and I don't know how you do that with a dog and children. That I have dog, that, that dog's a digger too, like, dude. Yeah, Lola's found some shit back yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. Kind of like I found. I told you guys when I was digging out a shrub to plant a new shrub, and I was like, I need to get down, like whatever, like. However many percentage, you, like from the size you of the You dug out a shrub to plant a new shrub? No, no. I was digging for the, for planting a shrub. Okay. And, you know, they, like, tell you, like, you're supposed to dig, like, enough that the entire bulb, like, fits in the ground. Anyways, I'm, like, pretty far in. And then I hit, like, a plastic bag. And oh. I'm, like, I'll kind of dig around this, you know. And I'm digging <laughs> a little more. And there's still more plastic bag. And it's not like a liner. It was like the, it was wrapping something. Oh. So I just stopped digging and planted a shrub on top of it. It has like a, so whatever, like a mountain. You, you never found it. To the, no, no, I wasn't going to disrupt whatever that was. So there's, there's maybe a body in your yard. I wouldn't be surprised with the kind of hauntings my house has. Oh, yeah. Your house is haunted for sure. Yeah. Oh, I know it that, is. It, but it could still this this corpse could be unrelated to that though. Like not it's not like every corpse haunts wherever well, it is. Well, of course, but I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna disrupt it and let it like just welcome it back into my home. But Ooh. what if it what if it's treasure? It, it might have been a dog. Yeah. I've, well, that, I've dug into one of those well, before. It sucks. Well, that's the likely scenario. What if Yeah. Did you look up the like, unlikely the scenario? Tax... Is that it's a ghost dog. Or did you look up the tax history of the previous owner? Maybe they like buried a bunch of money they didn't want the government to find in the backyard. I I highly doubt it. The the previous owner cashed out and moved somewhere less desirable of a neighborhood in in Portland because they didn't like how the neighborhood was changing. <laughs> hey, it could be DB <laughs> Cooper money. Could be it's true. Dude, la- last year I was building a retaining wall and I, there was a big red, it ended up being a big red glove, but I dug and I hit it. Why was it red? It, <laughs> dude, it's scary. It, it is really scary. Like when you hit something like that and you're just like, I can either keep digging and go along with my project or I can just forget this and 
<laughs> and do something else and not yep. disturb this. Yeah, and it's like, why do you have a giant hole in your ground still? Oh, uh, yeah. don't go over there. No one wants to <laughs> yeah. deal with this. No one, <laughs> nobody wants to have that that hex on their head. For I'll take for I'll the take a hit on the property value. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Yo, I mean, guys, I even I mean I've been I've been dad mode all all weekend. I was cocking the kitchen. Cocking the stairs, oh, yeah. I laid the best. So good. I laid some real good white cock on the stairs, and then brought in the gray cock for the kitchen. Oh, the Terry's gray leaving. Cock. He like can't. He can't even handle the the cock conversation. <laughs> I bet Terry has so many things wrapped in black trash bags under the floor of his basement. And Terry, did you do any? Be. Did you do any caulking to your? bathroom that your new no. bathroom painting i saw you guys in there no 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 new caulking was laid no, you caulk no it at all. I, did, I did i did not lay the cock at all in the in the new bathroom <laughs> did did paint it though good paint uh, job i impressed myself and i was trying to adjust whatever i can possibly adjust in this room to fix the audio that you're still complaining about so that's why i was leaving not for the dad conversation how does it sound now this can just stay in the conversation. This sounds exactly the same. And- but it's okay. We have super secret producer Iskinder GPT AI helping us. Sounds good. That's my favorite AI. Yeah. Thanks, well, the second AI. Second favorite AI. Alan Iverson is my first favorite AI. Mm, yeah, that's Ooh. a good choice. Good choice. Right. He'll always be the Speaking, number one AI. And we'll talk about this more later, but what are your guys' thoughts? I was thinking about this this weekend. What are your thoughts on the comparison between Talia and AI? Just in terms of the swagginess. <laughs> in terms of the swagginess, I, I think they're in lockdown. Who, who made that comparison? Me. In oh. my head. <laughs> You you referenced it like it was a thing on Beaver Twitter. Yeah. Um, no, what do you guys think of that comparison? Yeah, all right, I like yeah. it. You, if, yeah. you, if if you're gonna compare any kind of lowly NBA player to to Leah Von Olhoffen, then absolutely, uh, yeah, low lowly, lowly yeah. compared to her status. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'd say Talia is probably a little bit higher in the shooting jump shooting department and AI is maybe a little bit higher in the ball handling department, but otherwise I don't mean that as any kind of negative as I consider him the greatest dribbler of all time. <laughs> so I don't mean style I, of play. I mean, you're just, just swag. I'm just talking about the swag that Iverson had. It matches the swag that Talia has. Mm-hmm. It's similar. I, I'll, I'll agree. I think it's similar. There's, there, there was a, a correlation that I saw from AI stepping over Tyron Lue and Talia having the cool and calm reaction as that ball the hit way, the bottom of the net. The yeah, just holding the three, three up. like this. Yep. Max, yep. please make sure this is in the Instagram. <laughs> no, it was like, my nails don't look near. How the fuck do you play basketball and hit that shot and play that hard and like your nails still look perfect? Like Talia's nail game is incredible. Pure hooper. To, to be that big of a fucking hooper and still have just like 
that the post-game interview she did with Ann Schatz was amazing. If you haven't seen the interview yet, I'm just like, how are those nails still immaculate after doing that? <laughs> it yeah, is so cool good. that the the Oregon O, uh, Oregon State O guy that yeah. has the big wooden O yeah, miraculously came back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, shout out Kevin. Hey, that dude—that dude's got a real legacy. I see those O's at pretty much every game now. But this is yeah. the new O. This is the new O. Right. It's a new O bringing back the tradition of the old O, and oh. it's our—it's our, it's our uh, dude yeah. Kevin. Kevin Lint is responsible for the resurgence of the block O, and and he's getting yeah. everyone to sign it, and it's making you know TV appearances. It is dressing the neck of one of women's basketball's goats with TVO. So, I mean, this yeah. this thing is is alive and well, and it's good to see yeah. it back. It is good to see it back. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I, I do like it. Always always love the Blocko. I wish it was used in more things. Not as the primary logo, but I think, you know, as JP is modeling so yeah. handsomely and sexily, the Blocko chop them mm. hat mm. which you can get at i believe belligerentbeeves.com slash merch yes among many I other things i finally i finally bought a loyalty cut nets shirt uh mm. i put it at the ordering yesterday i was i just, know i saw that I, but I, I was gonna ask you you bought the women's cut did i buy the women's cut <laughs> i thought i bought the unisex cut <laughs> if it's if it's too late I, whatever give it the same <laughs> I ordered it extra large. Hey, Sam. Oh. Don't give it that's to Sam. Like, it's, not, it's not for Sam. I'm wait, pretty sure Terry bought the wait, women's can shirt. I, can I change it? No, no, I didn't. You did. This is the part I, of the podcast where I look up my own. I'm looking at it right now. It's a I, Cut I, Nets Loyalty Women's Relaxed T-shirt XL in white. Women. Uh, maybe you wait, saw maybe. like women's like ba- women's basketball maybe it'll still women's relaxed shirt yeah no you're correct i Fuck. got you uh, i got you let you me change this you can still you can still adjust it i'm trying maybe, because you. no because i didn't even go damn it yeah because i didn't even look in, it was it's one of our top three items so I yeah. and I didn't even want to order it on the back end I wanted to pay full price I want to pay what the listeners pay mm yeah Good for you. I wanted as much of it to go to Talia as possible. Yeah. And there you go. Didn't want any handouts just because I was on the show. So I just clicked on it. Didn't read anything. I'm the one who yells at you guys for not reading things. And there I go, not reading things. <laughs> Whatever. JP can Shame handle you. it. You don't, you I, don't need to do done. this while we're recording the show, though. We I, have, it's done. Uh, it's done. I already fixed you. JP, please play please five, five seconds, seconds of Fix You, you by, by Coldplay. Coldplay. You try your best, but you don't succeed. Betty, we did that together. <laughs> Great song. That's it not is. the first Coldplay song on on the yes, show. Yes, it, it is. It, it might be. It, <laughs> I I saw Coldplay last year. I remember every song you assholes ever ask for because it's a pain in my ass, and I don't <laughs> forget it. <laughs> well, welcome to the belligerent beefs, Coldplay. Yeah. What a welcome. great honor for Coldplay. No I know. Definitely their top honor. Definitely their top honor. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Well, welcome and welcome everyone else to this 130th episode of the Belligerent Peace Podcast, which has been happening for a while now. We're in minute five or 15 or 25. I don't know. It doesn't matter. 
And we've got a lot to get into tonight, obviously. A lot more to, to leave on Olaf and Talk to come. Hashtag TVOMG. If you were alive and awake on Friday night, then you should know what I'm talking about. And then there's, you know, a little bit of a just good news, bad news with that win, coupled with a Reagan Beers injury and a tough loss to USC today. But so <laughs> the Oregon State women's basketball team still undefeated against 81 who's not ranked in the top 10 nationally. So that's uh, pretty good when you're starting to get into mid to late February here. So yeah. we'll talk more about it as we get into the hardwood section. But I think we're still uh, thinking two seed. Baseball season started, and I think Oregon oh, yes, State baseball, did. we're three games into the season. I think the Beavs have scored a thousand runs. I th- <laughs> my math might be a little off on that, but it's it's close. It's close. And uh, history made with Jade Carey and the gymnastics team, and we've got a lot to get into. But first, we, of course, need to celebrate the weekly Reagan Beers segment. Last week, this was the Pac-12 Player of the Week Reagan Beers segment. This week, it's... the I hope your nose isn't hurt too bad, Reagan Beers, and I know you warmed up today before not playing. Please come back soon <laughs> segment because Reagan Beers is an incredible basketball player, and the team did play great without her for basically three quarters on Friday night. But this is where we share our drinks with friends, have a toast. We will be toasting to women's basketball again, obviously, as well as a couple other outstanding individuals from the week that was. But I'm, I'm very excited about this Reagan Beers segment. And Benny, I, I would like to start with you because I've already seen the drink and I know this is something that you and I talked about this week. Yeah. So I, I want to hear how, how it is because I, I haven't had this myself, but I'm familiar with it. And I want to know the, the taste and the experience that you have uh, with this particular beverage, brother. Yeah, so it is... I'll start off by saying this or asking, this is the same company that uh, or co-op that we had drinks from last time we were out in Minneapolis, right? Yes. Okay. So this co-op gave us three. This was one of the last times that we were all together. One of the better nights that I've had in a very long time. Um, (laughs) It is by a co-op called Chill State. Fair Uh, State's the co-op. Chill State's the... THC brand. It says produced by Chill State Collective. What? Chill oh, State's there, like the oh. Chill State's the THC arm of Fair State. Okay, all right. Wow. So it is called Pineapple Express. It is a five milligram THC Great drink. It is, oh, it's, it's such a good movie. Yeah. Um, which I so I I've only ever had a five milligram drink when I was out in Minneapolis, and it's such a genius idea because yeah it's it's like you can enjoy it out at a bar which we did which is why my home playing goldeneye (laughs) yeah why have we not been playing goldeneye have one of these and it will make you want to play play goldeneye yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) wait can you do goldeneye online with the switch yes oh i didn't know that the 64 apply okay this is a this is a conversation for the Belligerent Beefs board meeting that does not take place in the live episode. <laughs> no um, one gets to be odd job this time. 
but it is <laughs> it is a seltzer. It's not I I was remembering these being like sodas, but but it's a seltzer and it's really good. It's like a, a very right. mild pineapple taste. It, it's awesome. Yeah. And it gets it being Pineapple Express, it gets delivered to your door by James Franco and Seth Rogen together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, Do you want to come with us on this adventure? You're like, I saw the movie. I'll take a rain check. It got yep. a little too violent. <laughs> Craig it's, Robinson, uh, not the Oregon State coach, the other Craig Robinson got 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 by a Daewoo Lanos driven by Danny McBride. Just too much violence for me. <laughs> I forgot Danny McBride's in that. <laughs> He's perfect in that. <laughs> Fucking Patrick Mahomes. Um <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, I had one of these. It was right before the Oregon State UCLA game. So it was not the chill state uh, (laughs) for for that game, but this helped. So anyways, I highly recommend it. I know that Terry, I don't know if you're friends with the people that run the co-op, but you know them. I know them Um, a little bit. Yeah. So uh, support, support local business. If you're into that sort of stuff, like Terry said, you can get it mailed to you. Um, yeah. And it came really quick. So highly recommend it. For sure. And so Fair State, the brewery itself is a co-op and unionized and recently declared bankruptcy, which is a bit of a jarring announcement. But they're staying open. It's reconsolidating their debt. But you, if you are into the THC beverage variety, Chill State can be shipped to your house nationwide. So check out Chill State. But they're doing great. I went to the tap room about three times in the last week since they said, like, hey, we're declaring bankruptcy. Basically, it's because we pay our employees too much and whatever. And they missed out on some COVID relief uh, from a few years ago, too, by being a cooperative and not technically a LLC. So they didn't get some small business relief that others did. I don't totally know how all of that works, but they're on the come up, but go to fairstatebrewing.com too. If you just like want to support the brewery that is closest to my house. And I'm just going to keep giving them support in this segment for the next several weeks. I do know I recently looked to look at our Minnesota listenership numbers. It's still the number four state of all states that listen to the Bludger and Beast podcast. Number one is Oregon. Number two is Washington. Number three is California. And number four is Minnesota. And based on those numbers, I can tell that there's at least 17 to 26 people on the conservative side of listenership. So calling all Minnesota peeves, get Fair State. My beer of the week is a, it's called Zoomy Catcher from Fair State Co-op. It's a barley wine ale. And a modern barley wine ale with Chinook and Cascade hops, 10.2% by volume. So I'm just going to, I will be asleep for the second half of this episode. And this is why. <laughs> uh, but a little bit of a, of a nod to Northwest beers. And yeah, it's definitely tastes like a 10.2 beer. <laughs> for uh, sure. Sh- Chinook's, Chinook hops is, that's, that sounds like it's a, a Northwest variety of, of hops. Right. I'm basing that entirely on the presence of Chinook Wins Casino in Lincoln <laughs> City, Oregon. <laughs> and the role that Chinook, Chinook Wins Casino played in my Oregon State student experience. And I will end that there. Shout out Fair State. 
Shout out Chinook Winds. Shout out Lincoln City. God, one of my favorite coast towns. Haven't been in years. We we have a, a mutual friend of the pod. We haven't talked with him in, in years. He goes by the moniker Rails. And, <laughs> and, and he, he took me out to Chinook Winds one time. And Rails has a lot more money than I did when I was in college. Really? And I, I went through my $100 probably in the first two minutes of stepping foot in the casino. And then I just had to wait for Rails to decide that he wanted to go home. And we were there <laughs> and, until probably 4 o'clock That could be a long way. That's a, a long, long way. way. It yeah. was. Rails is a Rough. bit of a high roller, a high yeah. railer. Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> John Patrick Bertram. Yeah. What do you have for this week's Reagan Beer segment? So first, I, I didn't really want to do this. So today, though, but we, we went to Migration Brewing for dinner on Williams. So shout out Migration Brewing. But also, the the secret that I don't really want to share, though it seems like everyone and their moms and children knew it this week, is that Migration Brewing on Williams Let's kids eat free on Sundays, which is a great promo, especially when you have three kids. So when we went the few times before, it was not very busy and it was awesome to have a place yourself on a Sunday evening with fresh beer, decent food and kid eating free, especially because of the frustration that amounts when you go take your kids out to dinner and they don't eat the food that you paid for. It is much more relaxing when they're like, I don't like this or I'm full and you didn't pay for it. So it was jammed tonight, unfortunately. And so I think the secret is out. So I'll still plug it. So check out Migration Brewing on North Williams and bring your kids on Sundays. And if you see me there in a chop them tea or some other belligerent beeves gear come say or, hello <laughs> oh oh women's cut uh <laughs> basketball <laughs> shirt because you had to you had to take the one that i ordered for to, in order to save me from no i don't worry i don't worry i was able to i was able to intervene with our supplier and there we go the the thing with this beer though is it's a migration beer and it's their 14th anniversary IPA. And I'm only drinking out of the can. Not like God intended, I'm sure. But um, yeah, and that is I a cool can. Wanna... It is a nice Can's little cool, can. Though. Yeah. And I didn't really want to get a glass. I should I should have. We have five other ones. I bought a six pack. But yeah, it's just a pretty standard American IPA. The one thing I, it's okay. It's pretty good, but it's, I mean, it's okay. And the reason that, now I feel almost like maybe more turned off by it is on the uh, style guide on untapped. The the first descriptor is grassy. And that to me just, <laughs> just doesn't hit right. So shout out to migration for congrats for the 14 years. Very cool. Keep it up. Thanks for the free you dinners for the kids. Keep out those grassy beers, man. But yeah, let's, let's move on from the grassy beers. I gotta just, I gotta say it. Have you See, tried pouring my- the grassy beers into your lawn and seeing if grass grows? That might <laughs> fix the lawn problems. I should, because I haven't started seeding yet, so maybe this would help. <laughs> or I just start growing beer. Dude, what if it grew beer? What if it grew beer, dude? And now I have to try it. I'm going to go dude, out there right after yeah. this. It'll be like midnight, and I'll be out there pour- pouring and my six-pack into my just a bush soil. With migration IPA cans. And Chinook hops. Bush light. Yeah. 
And a blackjack dealer from Chinook Wins Casino, just like and rails, just smashing through your fence, (laughs) (laughs) just like the Kool Aid Man, just kicking your fence in. There is like a not small chance that Rails is listening to this, and if you (laughs) are Rails, come come on the pod, brother. (laughs) Yeah, we miss you. Miss you. I would I would love to hang out with Rails and catch up. Oh yes. Man, we yeah. for sure, we're at le- we for sure have someone listening who is a text message away from Rails. Yeah, so, <laughs> what's up, Brit? Text him about texting. What's up, yeah, Brit? Text Rails <laughs> about the official Rails segment uh, between <laughs> minutes twenty six and thirty two of the one hundred thirtieth episode of the Pollution Peace Podcast. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, cheers to Rails. Cheers to Rails. Cheers, to Queens. cheers. Happy anniversary to that migration IPA, and cheers to Reagan beers. And hope your nose feels better. And to to Leah von Olhoffen, and also to Ann Schatz, who's she's got it. Call oh on the broadcast was amazing. That was great. That that was so good. Yeah. <sighs> Moving on into the meat of the episode. How are we feeling, guys? Are we feeling good? I yeah. think it was a good weekend. There was, was some ups, there were some downs, I'm, but uh, I'm feeling pretty, pretty, pretty good overall. overall. Yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling great. Yeah, yeah, feeling good, feeling great, feeling great, feeling good. How are you? I'm <laughs> um, feeling good. I feel all right. No, we not do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, JP, please play five seconds of Summer Nights by Lil Rob. I feel good. Different, different song. So there, there's a lot of lore to this song, listeners. And no, you one know day you might know everything about it, but that day is uh, not this day. Wait, there was a funny moment, though, where somebody had told the DJ when they were doing karaoke night, I think it was still Tailgaters at the time. And it was just super secret producer Skinner and I, and that someone told the DJ that we were rappers, and they and they were like, "What song do you guys want to rap?" And then we were like, "I think we I play? know who someone is." No, I don't know. I honestly don't know. So they came up to us, it, like there was no one there. It was like the summertime, and so oh. we were like, <laughs> we were like, we want to do our song, and they were like, "Well, we can't. They have like a list of, of tracks. We can't just play your song." And we're like, oh well, do you have summer nights? Just play the just play a little Robin. We'll take care of the rest. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just go over it. He's like, oh, I have I have that. Yeah, I have that. We're like, sick. Okay, well, yeah. Well, then we're down. We'll do it. Like no one was karaoke. So then we were like standing there at the bottom of the stage, you know, because they had like the elevated platform for the DJ. We're standing in front of it, and it starts going, and it's summer nights from Greece. It starts. Summer, summer Love. JP, please play five seconds of Summer Loving from the Grease soundtrack to, to give our listeners the full scope. Summer Loving happens so fast. I met a girl crazy for me. Dude, that's amazing. We just stood there with our happens microphones. so like, fast. Yeah. Summer Loving had me a blast. Iskinder likes to be on stage about as much as Wait. I do, which is not <laughs> at all. So I cannot imagine but, how oh, far he just dropped the mic and, wa- and just walked off. <laughs> which one of you is Sandy nope. and which one of you is Danny Zuko? <laughs> I think he said nope. I think you're like, nope. Nope. <laughs> just walked I- out. I know the exact tone and volume of which he said nope and dropped the mic in left. 
<laughs> God. Shout out to... Do you remember how tailgaters, like, this, the decor in there, like, didn't really make sense? It was just TVs. And, 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 like, I, and like, LED lights. And there's one, and it was a, a brutal paint job of red paint. As someone who has now painted one and a half rooms in a home, I can be judgmental towards other people. <laughs> I remember that paint job being horrible. And there is one wall with nothing on it except for one 11 by se- 11 inch by 7 inch. So, like, not that big, just sort of like your normal senior portrait size frame of a headshot of most deaf. <laughs> and that was all that was on that wall. Wait, where was Tailgaters again? Younger what? millennials were talking about Impulse. Yeah, where's oh it's, Impulse? Okay, Tailgaters yeah. became Impulse, and then Impulse became Close. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, this Impulse was the is first. Still vacant. This was one of the first chapters of the Cobblestone Square <laughs> epic that still needs to be told. There needs to be a coffee table book about everything that's taking place at Cobblestone Dude, Square. Dude, it's just, names it's, oh, need to be named. <laughs> You know what's amazing though is everyone thinks that like local boys is the is the good guy in this whole thing, but I feel like maybe they're the ones pushing out all these other businesses, just (laughs) one by one taking them out. Like I can go to tailgaters, or I can. Well, you can't really go local boys, but like not expanding to other parts of Cobblestone Square. They just want to be. They want to be the lone resident. Yeah, yeah. You need a moat. You gotta have a moat. (laughs) Well, it's like getting other people in your apartment evicted, but not moving in on their space. Just being like, yeah. I just don't, I just don't want to have neighbors. I want to be yeah. as loud as I want. I don't want to hear their shit. <laughs> They're yeah, like the new Notre Dame of restaurants. If anyone's throwing yeah. up in this upper level bathroom, I want it to be my customers, not theirs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I bet there is more fighting. That's a great. Those. That's yeah. JP. That's maybe my favorite Corvallis conspiracy theory I've ever heard. Yeah, that they're yeah. chasing out all the business. And if I Local mean, Boys it, is doing it, then I'm in. I know. Like, I, I don't care. I, I, will, I will follow Local Boys into hell. If they're doing anything, I'm down. If they're behind no. much football realignment, I'm like, oh, now it, it kind of makes sense when you think about it <laughs> this way. You know, you know who A they probably also kicked out? Realignment? <laughs> you can trace it back to a tiny Hawaiian kitchen in Corvallis, Oregon, baby. <laughs> Crazier shit's happening. That's all I'm trying to say. Dude, the five A does slap the hardest out of any of their uh, their meals. Um, <laughs> fuck, I forgot what I was gonna say. We're supposed this, to be uh, talking about drink. women's basketball right now. But... I know we'll get there. <laughs> oh, you know related. who else they kicked out? I know what I was gonna say. You know who else they kicked out was Roxy Dogs, and for that. Yeah. But before they that, have my heart forever. Roxy Dogs <laughs> kicked you out of Roxy Dogs. <laughs> and I worked there. <laughs> but not after they were they spying me out. on you, watching ESPN on the TV, dishing out no free was chips there. after midnight. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, it got people in, including Keith Panky, who was a yeah. loyal patron. Ben, we saw you on the security <laughs> camera give that one customer too much free sauerkraut. He's from the Midwest. I, I'm sorry. They're, they're used to a different level of kraut over there. Yeah. And then at the kraut same time, they'll call strong. back and be like, hey, please don't leave any hot dogs in the kitchen overnight. Can you just take all 32 that you haven't sold home with you tonight? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I live in a fraternity. That's not a problem. <laughs> That's great. 
We love hot dogs in our fraternity. <laughs> Show, we're Show a total wiener to frat. <laughs> Where do you think the term wiener circle came from? <laughs> Showing up to a frat party in Corvallis with 35 hot dogs without buns because the yeah. buns could be used the next day. <laughs> At one in the morning, who's hungry? <laughs> Just waving them. It's like hot tubbing. No, 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 Terry. Not playing it. We've done it too many times, but shout out Ashcon. Have we played hot tubbing too many times? Or did we just have too many songs this episode? Or whatever. I think I'm not going to make you do it. Yeah, we've played hot tubbing probably like six love, or eight times. Dude, what if Ashcon listened to the podcast? Oh, that'd, that'd be cool. I think I'm does. sure he does. Yeah. Mm. You know, so how about cool? that buzzer beater, huh? Yeah, I was going to say, you know, it'd be cool. <laughs> Is if Talia von Olhoffen listened to the podcast. Oh, that would be very cool. I want, I want Talia von Olhoffen on this podcast. That's what I'm trying to speak into existence. We need TVOMG, a.k.a. Baby T, a.k.a. Loyalty, a.k.a. the best number 22 in college basketball. Yep. Or sports. I, yep. I said it. Emmett Smith, oh, sit down. Shit. Emmett Smith, Shit. sit down. Yep. Shut the fuck up, Emmett Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Your time is done. I, I'm aware of other current women's college basketball players who are number 22. Don't care. I, I don't mm. care. Mm. I don't care. Talia von Ohoffen, number 22 in your programs, number one in your hearts, whether you like it or not. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, TBO, this is the this is the formal invitation to come on the pod. We yeah. will also be reaching out to your people or people who we think are your people <laughs> and also just probably dropping DMs as well, too. But TBO, yeah. sometimes the, the direct TBO message the is the best. Yeah. And you know what, by the way, before we, on, before we get into any further, I have to say there is a there is a 22 that she reminds me the most of. And Ooh. it's the swagger. It's the grit. It is delivering in crunch time. It is having some of these highlight reel-esque plays that can define their careers and she's got a lot of will clark in her game cross sport play here but she's got that same level of swag as will clark another famous okay winner. yeah okay all yeah. right and the stroke the is as sweet as the <clears throat> as the will the thrill will the thrill yes there you go yeah yeah you got Did the bad stance yeah <laughs> 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 so if you were under a rock on friday night there were four lead changes four four lead changes in the last seven seconds of the oregon state versus ucla women's basketball game so uh, crazy poorly ranked underranked number 11 Oregon State against what I would also say underranked number nine UCLA. Yeah, UCLA is good. Four lead changes in the last seven seconds. No Reagan beers, but no problem. Talia von Olhoffen with maybe the most iconic shot at Gill Coliseum this decade. This maybe longer. last decade and a half. I can't remember one. In the turn of the century, I'm trying to remember that like, there's been some great buzzer beaters, but against, you know, top 10 teams in a moment like that, in a game an like that. An absolute slugfest of a game. An absolute slugfest Literally. of a game. Well, one, and two, what are really, I mean, or should be top 10 teams. 
Right. I mean, yeah. there, there were national implications. Maybe, you know, like two teams that honestly could both be two seeds when this is all said and done. Yeah. Or when this, when we're not all, when the regular season is all said and done. Yeah. Oh my God. I think so. I was just first, I just imagined for a second the Pac 12 women's conference tournament and it's it's gonna be a goddamn bloodbath we should maybe go to vegas for it but that, that's also in vegas fo- focusing on just this game before we get to um off track like it really was i don't there hasn't been quite the like the peaks and valleys thing with this team and also like i could never really feeling out of it but with Reagan going down in the second and both games this weekend, I'll say, because I, I know we're going to get some comments about this and I don't want to try and be too, too like centrist with this, whatever. I thought the refs in both games actually did like a fairly good job and allowed like a fit, like physical basketball games to take place. Unfortunately, that involves Reagan taking a nasty elbow to the nose and having to leave one minute into the second quarter, which really affected the team today in their 58 to 50 loss against USC. And honestly, I, 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 we, we don't know how much time she'll miss. She was at the game today and like by all, you know, accounts like looked fine. So as long as it's safe for her to go, I'm sure she will. And we, they was, you know, couple games against the Washington schools. If you can beat teams without Reagan beers, you'd like to think it can be those teams. But anyway, for the team to rally the way they did after Reagan went down was pretty incredible. Yep. And even like you had, they lost the game. Ultimately you could have been like, all right, well they lost Reagan. Still lost to UCLA by one. <clears throat> like that probably even earns them to stay neutral or like move up like one, in the rankings in the way that they're seeing greater college basketball. And they just had so much fight. Like it was incredible to watch so many different players popped in this game. Of course, of course, Talia, Talia was amazing, but like Kelsey Reese was so good. And Lily Hansford, lefty Lil, Lil Clutch. Benny, I think you're onto something with calling her Lil Clutch. I think that's that's something that's going to, that's gonna stick. Didn't miss a shot from the field. Tamia, Tamia she was yeah. hit some clutch shots too. Spectacular. Yep. Tamia yeah. was so good. Rose to the moment, and there is still just like Talia drives to the basket, gets that sick bucket, that sick layup, up one, two point nine left, right, and it's like okay, we we earned this. <laughs> And then Lauren Betts hit that shot. What went through your guys' minds when Lauren Betts hit that shot with, with Ann Schatz, who was perf- almost perfect on the call, says for the win. And then they did, you know, looked at it. There was 1.1 left when the ball traveled through the net. <clears throat> but still, how devastated I, did you feel when that ball went through all the fibers of the net? I, I thought they won because so I cut cable at the wrong time. I don't get the Pac-12 network, and so <laughs> I'm I'm trying to follow on Twitter by refreshing as quickly as I can, and I see uh, several people be like, "Wow, that was an amazing game winner!" Dagger, and 
So many yeah. people said dagger. Yeah. 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 And hey, but uh, also so, I, gotta, I think was it Dashel who said likely dagger. So he wasn't bought in. Okay. Oh, but there was Pac-12 Observer had posted like, ha, 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 Betts wins it for UCLA. Incredible game. Um, and that's when I texted <laughs> you guys and I was like, ugh. So, yeah, I thought it was it was lost. And then. Not yeah. at the table, Carlos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not at the table, Carlos. <laughs> so that that was my take of the shot. I think, th- was that when I posted on our X account, I'm chill? I was chill. You, you, Maybe. you were, you were pretty confident. Were, were, so. were you actually chill? Yeah. I knew we'd pull it off. As chill as you are now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but I just felt and, like the, the, there. okay. And this then, game. So you posted, I'm okay. chill from the Twitter account. What did you post? What was the next post? Uh, a bunch of letters. A bunch of letters. <laughs> together. Yeah. yeah. So what happened once you were not chill, JP? Oh, I was, I mean, I was stoked about the Talia. Well, first, first, okay. Talia's three, epic, absolutely epic, just absolute savage of a human being to pull that off. I mean, to be that cool, calm, and collected, to square up with one second left in, like I said, a slugfest of a game. Like, this game was, and this is why I think that this, that shot goes down well, there's a lot of reasons, but I think this shot goes down as maybe the best ever at Gill. Uh, it is because it wasn't like we barely edged out a shitty game. It wasn't like we hung on to something and got bailed out in the last minute. It was a back and forth game of two should be and possibly will be now top 10 teams in the country. It was without Reagan beers on the court for three quarters of the game essentially and there was like a point in the fourth quarter where it felt like this is kind of now getting out of hand we got back in it Talia made the cut drove to the hoop got the bucket we get the lead then we get the bets near dagger and it I wouldn't have felt uh, maybe I felt chill because I'm thinking how can anyone have enough fight after this to pull it off and if we do, it's our team. But I can't blame anyone for not being able to. Not after what that <laughs> that kind of game was. And so to pull that off was just being stunning, but also mm-hmm. believable, I guess. Like, to me, there was nothing unbelievable about that. The ball had to get to, to Leah. And I knew if she took a three, it was either going to be a good look or go in and likely be both because it was a Ruick inbounds play. And there was no way he wasn't going to make sure that his best shooter on the court didn't get her shot. So I felt good about it. But when it went in, it validated everything. It validated everything of my trust in the team and the coaches. But also, it validated everything that I had just watched as being real. And like not just being like, oh, UCLA had a bad game. UCLA played a great game. A great game. They're good. And we They're did so too good. without essentially one of our you know trio of star players. So, the, yeah, I mean, Tamia like deserves so much like praise and respect for how she played, and not just for UCLA but USC, which we can get to. But even just every, most of these games, the last few weeks, pretty much in the last month, she's averaging like 15 points a game. She's really coming to her own as a leader on the court already. And remember, she didn't yeah, even okay. play most of last year. This is right. 
kind of like her still her true freshman year in that way. Yeah. And she's yeah. out there telling, like directing on the court. She's backing up on defense. She's locking down people. She's moving things in offense. She's getting great looks. She hit the three at the buzzer. What was it? The third quarter? I think it was third quarter. Yeah. yeah. Third and, quarter. <clears throat> and that, that made a big difference in getting people motivated to come out in the fourth. And, you know, I mean, we slowly chipped away at UCLA in the fourth, even though it, it started to look like they were going to make that run to start it and put us away. And I, I have to hand it to her because I think she really had probably the toughest time getting into that early, like, young leadership role because of when she finally was able to get on the court and yeah. where we were as a team last year when that happened. We were, like, in the midst of a big losing streak. We didn't have Talia. We had a bunch of freshmen who are very highly talented but really just had, you know, no one out there directing. I and mean, Bendu did a great job helping to kind of fill those shoes. I got to give her some praise as well last year. But it wasn't like there was this, like, Ruick built roster that was fully healthy and executing in the, in their roles. And so she kind of just came into the thick of it. And then now with all of the things, everything churning and moving in the right direction with the right people, it is, it is clear that one, she's a respected leader on the team, but two, that she is an absolute monster on the court. And I think she's kind of finding her footing there finally as well. And it, that that's honestly what makes the rest of this season scary for opponents is that like kind of third option of Tamia isn't just a high ceiling player. Like it's, it's being delivered game in and game yeah. out now. And it's clear she's already arrived. back to back nights. Yeah. Back to back nights <clears throat> of season high and points back to back night or back to back games. I mean, Incredible. she's, she's on the rise and yeah, I can't, I can't praise what she did enough. And I, I was, I was keeping a close eye on like how she was, handling herself in the court and her mannerisms, her, her, her confidence. It was right. all there all game. And, and, and same with, same with Talia, of course, and a lot of the other players all kind of had that same, you know, chillness to them and confidence to them. But it was very evident for me with her because it, it felt like, yeah, she had arrived. She's kind of finally come into her own and kind of shaken off that, like the freshman jitters in a way. Well, you, we talked about it a lot last year of, Last year, we got dealt some blows in terms of injuries and, you know, maybe not the results we wanted, but it got a lot of the players that are seeing a lot of meaningful minutes um, right now. It got them playing time when otherwise they probably wouldn't have gotten it. So that that ended up being 100 percent true. That was a blessing in disguise and is just, I think, allowing us to blow into the stratosphere this year. And it, it just it really amazes me that there are no seniors on this team and and the fact that we had the mental strength to be able to say okay we're grinding in like we're digging our feet in and and we are not going to let UCLA walk away with this win because that does take a lot of mental strength to be able to compose yourself in in Gill Coliseum which has not been that full in a very long time certainly none of the players that are on the team right now have ever seen it that full and so that that adds to the nerves and 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 they were able to handle that really really well i was really impressed by by, by just their mental strength during this game it was <clears throat> the biggest crowd of this season whether you want to count that Weaver State game or not, as we talked about on last week's episode, it did have more butts and seats than that game. And also it was the most student tickets ever accounted ever. for. 
yeah. for a women's basketball game, just shy of 3,000 student tickets. Mm-hmm. And they were, were <laughs> I love how Oregon State has these like giveaways, like in conversation with another, where, where the orange construction vest giveaways at this game in particular, or do we just have a lot of engineering nerds at our school? It was hard hats. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was, well, hard hats, there are hard hats that were giveaways again. The hard hats were the giveaway. Hard hats were the giveaway. Because a lot of people also were wearing like orange yeah. construction vests yeah. with beaver logos on them. So I figured that most of those g- kids just had their construction hats from the football game against Washington in November. And then these vests were, were, were I, I don't I don't give a shit. The students showed up and showed out as, <laughs> as the only way that Oregon State students can. How about that atmosphere though? Incredible. Gil looks so cool when it's full. We talked about it earlier this year. We talked about it with Jordan Pope's buzzer beater against Arizona. God, I love that building. We talked about that. We talked about a lot. But I just I love that building. I love that building so much. I love that building when it's full, when it's rocking, when it's swaying because of how noisy it is. And I know that people have been bringing the energy and the noise for the women's basketball team all season and for a long time now. But like it reached another level on Friday night and it was incredible to watch from thousands of miles away. I couldn't stop watching all the different clips of the shot. And (laughs) just while we're on the subject, shout out to whoever is running the Oregon state women's basketball social media account who is editing those videos. It is truly incredible to watch, but like, I have to be honest. I, I, it was hard for me to watch a lot of like the post game, the post game events that had Talia in it without bringing a tear to my eye. And I think right. it's because like she is us. If you follow Talia on on X or Twitter, you, like you know how outspoken she is about what's happening to Oregon State, and to hear yeah. her talk after the game about like how she like envisioned this of people in like filling up Gill and how she knew like that was possible. And that was the huge goal for her. And like, this is why she's here. Like, dude, that, that is just that, that, that is like music to the Beaver fans ears. Like that's what I think deep down, like that is what we crave is someone that is in the national spotlight that loves Oregon state as much as we love them. And I think you saw that with Dame in football this year. And that's why like he was so beloved, but Talia is just like, there's a way that she talks and like the emotions spilling out of her. And, and like, she like, it's, she's just like so real. And she's such an example of like the pains and tribulations that we've gone through in this last year. But, like, I don't know, seeing it culminate in what we saw in that last shot was just, like, dude, it was so inspiring. And seeing her jump up on the scorer's table, like, I, dude, I'm, I'm, like, there is something special about this team. And I think I tweeted out, like, this is what poets write about, or this is the type of shit that poets write about. And it's true. Like, there is something really special about this team for this school in this season. Yep. For uh, there's so many storylines, but it's it's just like such an inspiring team to watch. It's so fun, and like that shot shouldn't surprise us based on what we've seen this season. It's just magic. Like it, it truly is. The 
the video you're referring to, uh, at least one of them, my favorite one is the slow motion yeah. to the song At Last by Etta James. JP, I'm sorry. Please play five seconds <laughs> of At Last by Etta James. I won't ask for another song tonight, I promise. At last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that song it. and that, that video is so good. I've watched yeah. it a hundred times yeah. since then. And again, like I know this is this whole season, all of this has been so stupid. And like Talia has not been shy about how stupid this whole thing is and how it affects Oregon State. And I commend her for that so much. And I can only imagine with the injuries she dealt with last year for her to go through everything she went through, come back, get ready for this year, and then just TV network executive suits decide like, oh, Oregon State just doesn't have a conference anymore. And all of you other student athletes at Oregon State don't matter because you're not making us rich. So I commend her for speaking out against like that bullshit. In that same coin too, like I think what we talked, we've talked a little bit about Pac-12 Network and how we should get hired and just be the broadcasters of Pac-12 Network, and maybe it's another Kook podcast and us, we could just broadcast the games <laughs> and stuff like that. I'm still down for that, but I I wanted to just take a moment and commend Ann Schatz for the broadcasting professionalism amidst like yeah. like she's been one of the best part. She does a lot of Oregon State soccer games too. And yep. just like in this era or in this like time where Pac-12 Network is clearly shutting down, like the Pac-12 Network as we know it, and people are complaining about games being on Pac-12 Network, but these things were set in stone and TV contracts, whatever. The broadcast on Friday night was spectacular. And it's like those moments in March Madness, like you think there's been so many great Gus Johnson calls. Impactful tournaments and stuff like that. So just, I'm going to be hearing Ann Schatz yelling, she's got it. She's got it. She's got it. Hitting it. <laughs> she's got it times three. Uh, <laughs> it was just, it was such an impeccably called, it was such an impeccably played game on both sides. It was such an impeccably called game by the broadcasters. And Gil just brought that impeccable atmosphere. So, like, I know we have other sports to talk about tonight. So, we're, of course, this is Belligerent Beeves 101. We're not leaving a ton of time to talk about the loss that was included in this weekend. I think we can probably sum it up in a couple of minutes after this. But, like, that was just such a special night. And also just, like, that stern reminder of what college athletics are about. And fuck you if you think this team's not important. Fuck you if you think this community can't be a contributing factor to amazing moments in collegiate athletics and fuck you if you have done anything besides support Oregon State and also Washington State in this current climate of both universities and communities and athletic programs being spectacularly fucked by just selfishness and greed and <clears throat> people who don't see the bigger picture. And I'm glad we had that game and <clears throat> these young women playing their asses off and just the spectacular sensational final moment final exclamation mark by Talia von Olhoffen to remind us all of that this, like we're lucky we're lucky to have been able to watch that game the, yep. the women's basketball team Oregon State's women's basketball team might be the most 
tragic story of this whole realignment for the next two years. Because the West Coast Conference in men's hoops, you have St. Mary's and you have Gonzaga. You have some schools that have traditionally really good teams that you can get some quality wins against. Women's basketball doesn't have that. And and I think that's something that's not talked about a lot is this women's basketball team is, is probably the one team out of Oregon State and Washington State's athletic department that's getting fucked the most. So that's also a storyline this year, you know? So yeah, and let's also let's also point out that just as a quick reminder, storyline wise, there's there's a lot fueling this team, of course, but we can't ignore the fact that the Pac twelve coaches preseason poll had them <laughs> finishing and, and pointed that out. Yeah. And, yeah. That and out then to, also yeah. with the yeah, preseason media poll had them finishing ninth. So a lot of doubters. Coaches, a lot of people who didn't watch Talia von Olhoffen play basketball when she was healthy. Yeah, exactly. Tell me you have not watched Talia von Olhoffen without telling me you haven't watched Talia von Olhoffen. But yeah, to that point, Benny, just to quote Major League, great reason to win the whole fucking thing. Yeah, and and they sure can. I hope they do it this year, and we'll talk about next year and embrace next year and tackle next year as it comes. But yeah, raw deal. Raw deal for a lot of student athletes, this realignment business. Who would have uh, thought? Yeah. Thank God it wasn't local boys. That was just a goof that we we're doing earlier in the show. But if it was, then yeah, we're cool with it. We are absolutely cool with it. This loss, the fifty eight fifty loss to USC, I don't think should have anyone too concerned unless Reagan was to be lost for a significant, amount, uh, a of significant time. amount of time. And I, I think it would be kind of the same as like, like, to, like it, it's a deep team, but it does kind of run through Talia and Reagan. And I think today, the USC game, actually it showed some encouragement early on because so Reagan didn't play today and Talia got in foul trouble yeah, and got taken out earlier in the first quarter than Scott would have liked to taken her out. And the offense did sputter and like it's not that the like the offense i have questions about the offense when talia or reagan are on the court but the defense which has been so good all year didn't miss a beat and they were doing that against the usc team with juju Watkins, who is a spectacular player who i think was like three of 14 from the field at one point and the defense doesn't miss a beat and when you have a great defense in these games and in March, you're in it. You do need shot making and you do need a special offensive player to be able to get over the hump. But this team is so well coached and it's just so together. And there's just there's so much cohesion when they play defense that no one really gets a good shot. And even though like I never really thought they were gonna win the game today at any point, when things got bad, they were at least like, okay, now we're we're just not gonna let you score. <laughs> And hopefully we can score and we just weren't hitting shots. And they started the game one of their first 13, I believe, which is just tough. I think there's a little bit of an emotional, you know, downshift and there is a little bit of uh, fatigue set in there, but still you're even with the loss, it was not, it wasn't like super close, but it also wasn't a bad loss at all. Again, USC is another very good opponent, and Juju is, you know, just top class in of all the 
players they'll face. They won't face too many better individual players once they get to the NCAA tournament. There's like two or three uh, tops. So I'm not super worried. I think there's a lot of encouraging signs there, not to just put lipstick on a pig, but yeah, I think there is, if, if you lose Reagan and lose Talia, there's a good reason to be concerned, but most teams, when they lose their top two players, <laughs> things get concerning. So that's just part of it. And hopefully Reagan comes back for the Washington games this week and that they keep it humming. But I would expect to see them at least move up another slot or two in the rankings, despite a split at home, because they did play two I, very good teams. I think you're right. I think you're 100% right that we should see them move up in the rankings. Look, like Reagan wasn't in the game. Talia shot one for 11, which is not going to happen very often and you still kept it within single digits like uh yeah i I think that that is you know fair to say that this game's not concerning the other part of this too is clearly oregon state had a very emotional hard-fought game against ucla on friday usc blew out oregon and so i think that like just on that merit USC probably comes into the game with a little bit more steam in in, in their sales, so or wind in their sails. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. Well, one thing one thing I want to point out too about USC is like I think that they clearly are the opponent that we have the toughest time with, and and I think wins losses demonstrates that up until this point. We'll see what happens with Stanford, but my concern about USC, and then one thing I think to keep an eye on, and not a concern for us, but actually a concern for them. Because let's say we face USC sometime in the Pac-12 tournament. They ride their starters like crazy. The amount of minutes that they are putting out there this season so far, I would be shocked, one, if they went deep into the NCAA tournament, but two, if they didn't try to save the energy for the NCAA tournament in the Pac-12 tournament and try to expand the minutes of some of these players that have been rested on the bench through the majority of the season they have they have i think eight players who have played double digit minutes on average through this season and the beeves have 11 and their leading minute or their minutes leader on the team of course is juju watkins she's got 33 and a half mackenzie forbes has 32 and the rest of the team is pretty much 10 to 20 10 to 30 at least for the the eight players that get in their games. And this is is a testament to the depth of the team that Scott Ruick has put together and why I think that this team is made for a magical run this season. Reagan Beers is leading the team in 27 minutes per game. That's six minutes less per game than Juju Watkins. Donovan Hunter and Talia Van Alhoffen and Tamina Gardner are 24-25 minutes a game, which would put them fifth in minutes if they were on USC's team. So I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if we face a burned out or proactively resting USC in the tournament, even though it does seem like they maybe have us in a way. I mean, our, our output against them was our lowest of the season. Again, no Reagan doesn't help. Juju's a phenomenal player, but yeah, they ride their starters and it's clear that Ruick is, prioritizing winning and development, which is a very, very difficult task. And he's done it masterfully. And I think it will pay dividends when it comes to postseason play. Yeah, 
I mean, here's here's the other thing. USC had 51 rebounds. Yeah, yeah. you could tell. That doesn't happen Reagan. 18, 18 offensive rebounds. That doesn't we happen were, if Reagan's We were playing. missing yeah. Reagan today yeah. in, on yeah. the glass. Yeah. We have to talk about baseball. Yes, we do. <laughs> we have to talk about baseball. Unless anyone has any, any interjection, which I don't think anyone would. Oregon hey, I State thought Shoal, I thought Shoal's shot was going in. I'll say it. I thought Shoal's shot was going in, too. <laughs> I for sure thought Trent Caraway's bomb was going out, and it did. Wait a minute. Which one were you talking about, Terry? I had both of them, all 15 <laughs> of them, that he somehow hit in six at-bats. I don't know uh, Yo, what about how the, this works. What about the Pizzotta home run today? His, oh, home dude. Run? I, I don't know if I've seen a home run that was as that the batter knew it was going out as quick as Bazana knew that that was going out. He was on third before it even hit the ground. Yeah, it's still flying <laughs> somewhere down in surprise. Yeah, when you're watching the right field, like lawn seat fans, I mean, when the person at the top level of the lawn seats is looking with their neck strained so high, like clearly. <laughs> That ball was put into the stratosphere. It was insane. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen have you seen the video? It's like uh, right behind the first baseline dugout and Bazana like when he makes contact, the roar of the crowd immediately. It just it like had that ting to it. Right. Well, right. and on the- that just expanding off of how special Gil was this weekend. Oh, like Yeah. Good show. Beaver Nation showing in surprise was not a surprise. <laughs> it was what Beaver Nation does, but I think even better than what we've uh, come to see. By the time you're listening to this, Oregon State Baseball would have played four games down in surprise, Arizona. But we are recording this on Sunday night, February 18th, fresh off of a 15-6 win against New Mexico, a 6-4 win against Minnesota, and a 15-2 win against CSU Bakersfield. The Beavers will be playing Minnesota once again at 9 a.m. Pacific time Monday morning. So nice. this will definitely not be out by then. So if they somehow lose like one to zero, it's a, a one off and Minnesota cheated because, you know, everything from Minnesota is crooked and wrong. Right, guys? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Suck shit, Big Ten. Um, I was so happy to beat them <laughs> on, on Saturday. But yeah. 15, 6, and 15, three games in. Obviously, a long way to go before we break the Jello shot record at Rocco's in Omaha. But this lineup is as lethal as advertised. And <laughs> Trent Caraway, this I texted you guys this Trent Caraway hitting ninth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair. Like, it's not cool what we're doing to these teams. It's not fair. But it's awesome for us. Yeah, but we also you have to remember that uh, Mitch Mitch is a genius about easing these kids into the lineup and making sure that they play without pressure and get loose. I feel like it was I think last year he did it with with Turley as well. I mean, he benched Turley last year and it wasn't because of uh, you know, a lack of effort. It was like he was looking out for this dude's psyche and making sure that he could get out of his own head or stay out of his own head at least, maybe not get out, but and play to yeah. his potential and it worked. And then I'm pretty sure when he brought him back in, he batted him pretty low in the lineup. 
after after starting him up at the top of the lineup at the, in the, at the beginning of the season, if I recall. So I'm not I'm, I'm honestly not surprised that Caraway is batting ninth, and it won't stay that way forever. But why not let the kid just get loose and 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 feel little pressure? I mean, I'm sure he'll come up in pressure situations batting ninth still, but it's not going to be the same as if they're relying on him to be the leadoff guy or to be a you know the cleanup guy, um, right? Or the three hole hitter. I mean. It, there's just something about being like, yeah, dude, whatever. You're the ninth hitter. You know, like no one's expecting you to be hitting for average or hitting for power. So just go do both. Right. And I give a year freshman as skilled as Trent Caraway is. And they're like, don't worry about the noise or the pressure. Just play your game. Then he's going to do that. And I think that this is just, again, one of those things where it shows that Mitch Canham, coach Mitch Canham, understands people. He understands the game. He understands the trials and tribulations and the heartbreak that comes with playing a game like baseball or softball or anything where you're essentially losing the entire time of your successful career and how to navigate that from, for some of these young kids with a lot of promise. And so, yeah, this, I mean, this lineup, it'll, it'll take more shape as the season goes on, of course. And I think, but time we hit the conference play, I would be shocked if Carroll was still batting ninth, but yeah. even if he was, it would be more of a testament to the rest of this offense because yeah. it's insane. It is insane, and we expect it to be insane, but there's just top to bottom absolute bangers in this lineup. It, it's it's just incredible the offensive power that, that this team has. There were, I mean, it's it's a three-game sample, but you have five players, well, four players that, you know, had eight or more at-bats down there that are hitting 500 or better. You had, as you alluded to, 14 home runs total while you were down there, 36 hits. That, like, it, just the offensive stats are incredible. And I think, you know, you, you did what was expected. I, I think everyone would have reasonably said we expect the team – to win, you know, the first three games and, and they did, but it always worries me when a team gets as much hype as what Oregon state got preseason around them and to see them at least start the season the way that they did and, and sort of like instilling their will on these teams was really nice to see. The pitching was really good too. Like I didn't have a chance to watch the games, but I followed them really closely, both on, on Twitter and, and through some of the, or on Twitter from the team's account. And then some of the people that were down and surprised too. And it seemed like Canem was, was putting his relief pitchers in positions that were really difficult, right? Like no outs and two on, or a guy on third and the second and third and, and one out. And, and these relief pitchers were getting out of these jams. And I think that, is almost as important as what the offensive stats are. It was really nice to see that, you know, our, our bullpen is built up as, you know, what Tanner was kind of alluding to, or maybe straight up said on, on the pod a couple of weeks ago. So that was really nice to see as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, pitching looked good. I, I mean, I think Aiden May looked great. I'd like, I'm excited yeah. to see more of him. Um, yeah. It's good to have Munt back. Like I, I just I think that this is a very interesting season for the Beavs because, uh, they're they're still look they're gonna land on their feet no matter what their conference situation ends up being for baseball yeah. because of they're just 
national prowess, but it doesn't mean it doesn't deep down still, you know, intrigue these guys of like, well, what are we, you know, like, what are we going to be doing? And to come out strong, to block out all of the hype, other than being letting it fuel you, not scare you, fuel you to deliver. And I think Tanner was, he nailed that on the head. When we talked with him and Sarah, it was like, yeah, we use these preseason rankings to remind ourselves that we could be this, we should be this, but we can be better. Like, it doesn't scare us. Yeah, And that that just shows that this team is built with dudes with the mental fortitude of, I don't know, just... You know, top top class type athletes. One thing I want to point out is like you know we've been bashing all all start of this season down in surprise, and we still don't have Mason Guerra going yet. I mean, yeah, he's had a a, a a bit of rough start, but like if you expect him to still be hitting essentially <laughs> half half of his career uh, batting average or on base percentage, like you're out of your mind. Like he's gonna get his his swing going yeah. too, and He's just They're, biding his time. Yeah. So while this is t- technically spring training in a way, yeah, I think that this team looks very, very promising from the pitching standpoint, from the hitting standpoint. I just don't want us to rest on our laurels of, well, we've got the we've got the offense, so it's okay yeah, if our sure. if our defense is sloppy. It's okay if our pitching isn't focused because we'll get bailed out, and and we've had that mindset years past and it didn't work for us but and and this team is obviously much different we've got maybe the most prolific offense that has ever come through an Oregon State baseball program but yeah I I think we also have the pitching to match it and you know as long as we keep the defense up then I mean Omaha should be the low bar of just getting Omaha should should be the low bar of this team it absolutely should be agreed yeah I'm glad you brought up hype because we talked with Tanner a bit about this and I thought he handled it really well. And I think the team's handling it really well, but coming up, you know, it's early in the season. We have one game left in surprise at the time of this conversation. By the time you're listening to this, we have no games left in surprise. So don't surprise. drive down to surprise because you're <laughs> so excited because surprise that that event is over. But they go straight from this to the Kubota College Baseball Series in Arlington, Texas, where they will have four games, one each against Texas Tech, Michigan, Oklahoma State, and, of course, Arkansas. The first time we've played Arkansas since 2018, which is a very highly anticipated game in the college baseball community, even though none of these players were there the last time these two teams got together. And I think this Texas Tech, they've played Texas Tech first, so the order of it is Wednesday against Texas Tech at 10 a.m. That doesn't even have little flow baseball. No, Uh, just varsity network radio. Varsity network radio on Wednesday, no game Thursday, then February 23rd against Arkansas at 5 p.m., Michigan on Saturday, and Oklahoma State on Sunday. Of those four teams, Michigan's the only one who's not ranked. Mm-hmm. Um, so they will face – actually, is Oklahoma State ranked? I'm not sure. Oklahoma State might not be ranked, but Oklahoma State's always good. They're not ranked. I'm dumb. I'm sorry. 
But <laughs> Texas Tech is number 21 in the country. So I don't want to see us looking ahead to Arkansas, who is number three. One of the very few teams we will see, the only team currently on the schedule who is ranked higher than we are. So I think this Texas Tech game will be a good test. And the whole the whole uh, series down there in Arlington will be a good test. But also, I won't be that worried if it's a test that doesn't work out. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to to see sort of how Mitch plays this. I mean, they they have like a a major league schedule to open up the season with really no days off when the normal cadence of college baseball is you know, three, three games in a weekend and you have your day one, day two, day three starter, and then a reliever game. If you have a midweek game and I don't, I don't really know how you play this. <laughs> like you're going to have a couple reliever games, I guess. But as far as I know, I, I know for sure, Texas tech, Arkansas and Michigan had tournaments that they're playing in this weekend yeah. i'd imagine oklahoma state did too so everyone's going to be dealing with this to some degree yeah. it's just going to be sort of an anomaly that we haven't seen before yeah and i, and I had to say like was it michigan who is was zero two as of earlier today and uh yeah and like i i think though what people need to remember is that these are these are great for they can help with RPI if you get an early season win over a team that ends up having a great season, but for most of these games, they're looked at as tune up games. They're looked at yeah. as like a find yourself game, and I think that everyone's approaching it that way. And like especially if you've coming if you're coming off a tournament to another tournament. You're very likely to, and as most teams are, but like you're very likely to just be like, all right, what do we not figure out yet that we can put out there that we can still have a chance to win, but we can still put these people in positions in case we're going to need them to do this at some point down the road in the season. And I, I, I mean, I would love to come out of it still undefeated, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to shrug my shoulders and, or, you know, slump my shoulders and walk away and pout if we, even lose two because again these games are to measure yourself against competition it's for you to get people experience that you think you know hey at some point this is going to come up again and we may call on this person to do x y and z whether it's come in relief or close the game or pinch hit or get a sack bunt or i mean defensive replacement like it could be so many different things that these managers feel like they're still they still need to figure out, and it can be your opponent doing the same thing. So it doesn't really measure a whole lot for you when you're thinking, "Oh, we smoked these guys," and the, you know, and they're like, "Well, you know, we had we went with a you know a reliever game. We went with a guy who is going to end up in our bullpen that we may need to stretch out as a starter, you know, weekday starter in the season if somebody goes down on the weekend or on the weekday." So uh, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but like, look at look at where they're executing. Like, look, don't look at wins and losses. Like look whose swing doesn't have like a new hole in it, or there's a, a yeah. close their hole. Look, look who is playing sharper defense. Look at the cut on different pitchers, new pitches. What are they, t- what speed are they topping out? at? I mean, in college, you know, velocity is still really, really important. Maybe even more so than the MLB. So like if see see what guys are throwing and, just 
keep an eye on the individual performances and how they react to different situations le- less than the wins and losses. So yeah, I think, I think I don't know how to hold it, how to handle this weekend or this you know next tournament, Benny, like you were saying, but I think not many people do unless your name is Mitchell Canham. And I think yeah. he has a plan and that's a, that's what matters is whatever his plan is. Like, don't, don't, don't doubt it. Just let it, let it ride. And you can come on the pod and talk us to us about your plan anytime you'd like to, Mitchell Cannon. That's <laughs> another invite. Yeah, uh, Talia's got priority, but you're 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 one of the next ones up after that on deck yes. in the hole. <laughs> Whatever. But it's fun. It's fun to have these types of highly ranked, big time, you know, calendar circle games early yeah. in the season. I think that's good for college baseball. I'm I'm happy that that we're in it and get to get well tested, but also uh, just some nice storylines. Us playing Arkansas. Oh yeah. Yes. I'm here for the memes. <laughs> hey, they lost to James Madison today. Did they really? Yeah. Maybe this college bait will college baseball game day. Go to James Madison for next weekend. Then <laughs> um, what are you even talking about? Harrisonburg probably I'm sure they have all those schools down there have really beautiful baseball stadiums so yeah anyway well congrats Beaver baseball Beaver softball struggle and Fresno unfortunately bit of bit of a hole to to start the season but we believe in coach Berg we believe yeah, and, in this and lineup this, yeah. get their feet back together after so many people missed so much time last year like we said about baseball, it's still early. <laughs> it's yeah. perfect because you can get really excited when things go well, and you can not worry that much when things don't go well. It's the perfect spot spot to exist in. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely like a trial and error portion for softball. Still, I mean, like let's just let's just let the these players get their footing again. Like you're saying, Terry, like it's been it's been an entire year or more that these players have ever come together as a collective unit what are you doing oh sorry i'm flipping through notes oh my bad jeez <laughs> uh it's been an entire year since the team has come together for like, as a collective unit and like you, know, you can't just expect it to all mesh and gel and you know berg and the rest of the coaches to get this all figured out off of the jump and i'm not saying it's you know, oh no, you know, red alert, but like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not surprised that there's some struggles and when they, you know, face some teams that, you know, have, have been pretty good or have a lot to have a lot to gain and not a whole lot to lose, especially against a team that is only two, one and a half seasons now removed from the women's college world series. Like they're going to take it out on us. And let let these tournaments run their course. Let the, everyone kind of settle into their spots as soon as conference play starts in about three weeks. You know, then we're then we're going to really want to see the team pulled together. And I, and I have all the faith that they will. But you know, let's just let's yeah. just let again, just like with with baseball, let's let the coaches and the players figure out their roles and how to adapt to different circumstances and moments of games that they're called upon and then when it matters most that's when they execute so why yeah. till then let, let let the pot simmer a little bit yeah yeah 
It's like yeah. making chili. You gotta let everyone get to know each other in the pot. Yeah, yeah and we're a, we're a pot friendly pot podcast. Jesus, I yes, we all are. Pot. Absolutely, <laughs> hell yeah. Moving on to victorious news, gymnastics. Oh, which we have not talked enough about this season. So not only did Oregon State gymnastics take care of business against Stanford at home at Gill on Saturday, uh, Jade Carey who you may have heard of, this Olympic gold medalist, one of the top gymnasts in the country, will be going to Paris this summer. This is, you know, just regular stuff. Eclipses 100 event titles in her Oregon State career. Had multiple in that, actually. So she got up to 101 total event titles in her uh, Beaver career, which is bringing her ever close to the program record of 116, which is held by Sherry Knight. Jade could definitely take down that record by the end of the season or the uh, end of uh, her career. But just more greatness from Jade Carey, more greatness from the uh, Oregon State gymnastics program to do that at Gill and to keep the the Gill winning magic going this weekend. So shouts to Jade, Coach Tanya Chaplin, and the Oregon State gymnastics program. Yeah. And honestly, shout out to you know, the facilities team for, I mean, just went, the makeovers for basketball, gymnastics, basketball, basketball, yeah. like <laughs> women's basketball, gymnastics, men's basketball, women's basketball. Yep. With all yep. the giveaways and shit. And also a bunch of people showing up, which does make it harder to turn a facility over. <laughs> yeah. They did. A, they did a great job and really, yeah. Shout out Jade. I mean, the, the, I, I don't, I'm hard pressed to, Pick somebody that's been more enjoyable to watch and root for as an Oregon State athlete because of, I mean, she she's humble, she's hardworking, she's you know appreciative and loyal and successful. Like there's like a million different things you could check the boxes off for for Jay Carey and what 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 kind of level she you know competed at in the Olympics. And to still come and do collegiate gymnastics and be this the thrill of Corvallis and Oregon State and provide us with all of this great entertainment is, you know, it's an, it's in, it's incredible and it's really really hard to ever not feel like you have to root for her with your entire heart and like because I think she does give that to Oregon State and the fans every single time she's on the mat. For sure. And speaking of mats, different mat, the 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 bouting mat, <laughs> or the wrestling mat, Oregon State wrestling. Oh, <laughs> so, uh, g- gymnastics should wrestle wrestling. That would be <laughs> on the, the mat on the uh, balance yeah. beam, though. Yeah, but like, but uh, yeah, it's like gymnastics is are they're allowed to use like you know their flips or, and what, you, all the no, all you the take, bars it's and like beams American Gladiator. You take yeah. four <laughs> balance beams and make a square out of them, and you yeah. have to wrestle, but you can't leave the balance beams. Except for if you swing across the bars to the other side of the beams. Now we're just making a new version of Legends of the Hidden Temple, but I'm here for it. Yeah, or like basketball. <laughs> <laughs> basketball also, also a great underrated sport. movie great underrated movie. movie love yeah. basketball and also yeah. has a great message 
<laughs> basketball is like really anti-modern college football realignment, and it was made in 1995. So shout out <laughs> for basketball for being a movie of the people 30 years <laughs> in, in the making. But wrestling, upsetting Stanford on the road, 29 to 11. Nerds. Yeah. <laughs> Bookending the 2023-24 season with ranked wins on the road. The 21st ranked Oregon State wrestling team spoiled number 15 Stanford Senior Day with a 29-11 win on Sunday love afternoon. Love that. Per OSUBeavers.com. Great copy. I love that. OSUBeavers.com. Yeah, yeah. We do love it. Well, we nerds. all know that that's not the end of the schooling for these Stanford nerds. They're they're definitely <laughs> going on for their PhDs and onward losers. But – They'll stay in school for a while to keep losing to Oregon State, even though yeah. I know we'll be in different conferences, but we'll find a way to keep beating Stanford. Yeah. Only only real cool kids we stay in school longer for their Stanford, master's degree. We will beat Stanford no in names. women's basketball oh. in the Pac-12 tournament. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't, oh, I don't, we, I don't, what about the game well, before? Yeah. That game... I am just I'm staying neutral on, but we will beat them in the Pac-12 tournament. Neutral in the championship. I'm not saying neutral in my rooting interest. I'm just I'm not calling a winner yet. Ooh, this is bad, Terry. Or, now you, they, they, how is that bad? How would you? How could you not? I'm not. Do, say, I'm not saying we don't. <laughs> We don't predict. We, we, we don't we, predict. We, we predicted an entire football season for three years. Forty-two to fourteen. We only, Oregon State's going to beat Stanford in basketball, forty-two to fourteen. Nice. <laughs> with with our defense, that's honestly on the table. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's true. I think we're going to beat them in the conference tournament. I just have a feeling. I think I, that I, Stanford's it, intelligence is overrated because what I school so leaves a crumbling conference for another crumbling conference? Well, how many people two, are on, in their two. in their? Yeah, yeah, but also especially one that's like four thousand miles away. Yeah, yeah. We I can lose say, everything, but also send our water polo team to on red eyes and coach. Yeah, and Cal's like, we have no money to do anything. I got an idea. Let's join a conference where we have to spend more money. Ah, oh, perfect. I don't understand. We're so smart. Way less. Right. Yeah. How Cal and UCLA just like don't have money somehow. So many people need to be fired. For and Arizona that's... has negative two hundred and forty million dollars. I... Yeah. Now we're yeah. getting into Good it. Answer. Now we're now we're solving the world's problems. Yeah. Um, well, I like to I like to mention that we we did talk about this with wrestling at one point. I think that they have a long break now. It's weird that the season is done. It's February 18th, and their next match is the Pac-12 Championships at Gill. At Gill. Hell yeah. But it's not next weekend or the weekend after. It is on March 10th. It is like, what, 20? It's three weeks. Yeah. (laughs) It's odd. It's weird. I don't understand it. And then after that, there's 11 days until the NCAA championships. So there's not a whole lot of time to get your fill of Beaver wrestling. If you well, there's a lot of time. There's a lot of time to get excited about the next game or the next. That's true. That's the next day. So get pumped. Spend three weeks getting pumped up for wrestling. Pump, pump, pump it up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Don't don't ask JP to play any more music, Benny. No. <laughs> we, we've had our fill. Yes. I have I have a day off tomorrow. It's gonna be spent entirely adding in your five second plays. Well, you said <laughs> you said I don't give a fuck. I don't work tomorrow at the top of the episode. You can't now <laughs> complain that there's more editing in the episode when that's how you started the episode. I'm so jealous. You have tomorrow off. We should. Amazon gives their employees that's every day off, and we don't have President's Day off. I mean, it but technically, isn't it is a, a federal, federal holiday? holiday? Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, which means none of my vendors will be working, so it'll be super easy. But so, so you will you'll make zero money tomorrow, but you will bill all eight to nine hours of it. So, Amazon's very good. At yay, that. yay, capital. charging you for nothing. Yay, capitalism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Working once again. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we've been recording for a long time now, longer than the NBA All-Star game actually took place. So we should probably <laughs> fucking get out of here. Congratulations to the Eastern Conference All-Stars on scoring more than 200 points in a game. And uh, not congratulations to Damian Lillard, even though I still like Damian Lillard, but I know a lot of our listeners are conflicted or hurt or whatever. Anyway. He's also not a good dad. Talia, <laughs> I'm not touching that. Uh, but Talia von Olhoffen should have been the uh, All Star Game MVP. That's uh, that's what I'm going at. Yeah. Um, so shout out Talia. Shout out all of our listeners. Thank you for listening to this 130th episode of the Belligerent Beefs podcast. We're so happy you're here. It's baseball season. It's softball season. It's wrestling season. It's basketball season. It's so many seasons. Seasons Gymnastic of love. Season. I yeah, I can't ask JP to play Seasons of Love from Rent because I maxed out my music request next week. Next week, especially if we get that pick would, up some wins over the next What about the zombies? I don't think Russia would ban us for playing anything from Rent. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I th- I I think Rent is probably pretty safe for for, for, for us to rock. Um, but Putin, let's, let's... Putin's a big rent guy. <laughs> Putin <laughs> fucking loves Broadway. That's something you don't hear about the guy. It's weird. <laughs> Look at his Peloton history. Only Broadway rides. It's wild. <laughs> let's get out of here. Uh, thank you so much uh, once again for listening to this, the 130th episode of the Belligerent Beavis podcast. Uh, please, if you haven't already, rate please. and review the show. Five stars only. Like, subscribe. Subscribe, do all of that fun stuff, whether you're on Spotify, Apple, or somewhere else. We're on on a bunch of stuff, I think. So <laughs> please, wherever you get your podcast, uh, I'm sure there is a reviewing mechanism that can be employed. Please take advantage of it and give us five stars. Five stars only. No four stars, even though four stars. All of us, the three of us, would have been thrilled with a B- minus at any point in our academic lives. Thrilled. But give us an A. Give us five out of five, please. It does really help us grow the show a lot. Even if no one listens, we will be here for the long haul. But the help still helps and also makes us happy. And a happier podcaster makes a better podcast. So please like and subscribe, rate, review, five stars. And also don't overlook or take for granted word of mouth marketing at all. If you like the show, if you enjoy it, if you enjoy our bullshit whether you're listening to us on your ride to and from work or at the gym or taking walks or doing whatever, doing the dishes, cooking dinner, cleaning the house, or just you need more time to just be in 
Beaver fandom. That is what we're here for. Take the time right now. Grab that link. Copy it. Send a text message to a friend real quick. Be like, hey, I listen to this Beaver podcast. You should listen to it, too. And then we'll listen to a Beaver podcast together. And, hey, now we're in community and shit. And that's that's what's fun. That's what's fun about making this. That's what's fun about doing this. And we've met a lot of friends through making this silly show we call Belligerent Beefs. So please take the time to share the show with a friend. We appreciate it so much. We appreciate you so much. On behalf of myself, Terry Horseman, at Terry Horseman on X, formerly known as Twitter, and at Terrence Horseman on Instagram.com. I am joined, as I always am, by the always very helpful, very excited to receive our music request, J.P. Bertram on the ones and twos, steering the ship, making the whole thing stay afloat. He is at the Triel J on X, formerly known as Twitter. That's at the underscore Triel underscore J because he's too Triel to be real. And at J.P. Bertram on Instagram. And of course, up in Tacoma, snacking on something delicious, rocking the Pineapple Express, hanging out with Seth Rogen and James Franco, who we can see in the background right now. It's Benjamin Lawrence, Sebastian Weehage. He's Benny with the good quaff, a.k.a. Benny Bedlam, because he's fucking crazy, folks, a.k.a. Benny Bullgame, a.k.a. Benny Burner, a.k.a. Benny Blastoff, and a thousand other nicknames. But you can find him everywhere on the social media channels at Benny. L1986. And follow us as a collective at Belige Beeves on X, formerly known as Twitter, Belligerent Beeves on Instagram, Belligerent Beeves on Facebook, Belligerent Beeves on TikTok, and Belligerent Beeves on YouTube. Follow us on YouTube. We're trying to, YouTube's our priority right now. And if it shouldn't be our priority, then get in our DMs and tell us what we should focus on. Uh, I think we have a blue sky. I, we for sure are still on AOL Instant Messenger with an away message that said stepped away to record. We, we've been recording since 2004, but here are some emo <laughs> Blink-182 lyrics that are definitely not directed at our crush and only at our crush, but are just a general take on the state of the world today. Or well, the state of the I'll just let that sit. JP, you don't have to do anything because I know the outro music is rolling. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Follow us everywhere. Follow your friends in Beaver fandom. Remember to be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes. And also, of course, remember that no matter how hard you try, no matter what they take away, no matter who gets hurt, no matter what buzzer beaters go in, go out, quit fucking about, you can't spell chop em without hope. So chop them. Chop them. Chop them. Beeves back, baby. And Rails, come on the show.